Okay, sorry, I just turned on the recorder. It should have been on earlier, but uh, my mistake. Okay, um, well, you know, well, we can we can talk about that. Celeste, I'd like to hear from you also. What um, what has your experience been, or do you have any questions or anything you'd like to address? Ah, Celeste left. Okay. Oh, so it's she's just gone, Aaron. huh? She's gone. <laughs> okay. I guess the excitement well, was too much for her. Or, or something went wrong with her uh, connection. Right. Right. Okay. okay. So, what was what was your experience, and uh, and what did you prefer, um, or what did you learn from having made uh, those those two different breads? Okay, I like you know I I like the sour the more intense sour taste of the uh, you know more fermented so that the more highly pre-fermented rise. I right. think that's you know at, at this point that's my preference. Um, I was quite surprised at how well it rose. I, I must have hit it just right, <laughs> but it took well, a long time. I, I, I think your rest the uh, the. Your recipe said it would probably take like half an hour or 45 minutes on the rise. And uh, what I found, for whatever reason, uh, it was taking uh, two, two and a half hours. So, But you know what? I, I just waited it out. I said, okay, it looks like it's about right now. And that's when I baked it and it came out beautifully. So, I, you know, everything, you just never know what you're going to end up with. No, that's for sure. Um, is this your is this your first experience with rye, or have you have you baked with it before? I've baked a little bit with it before. I made some uh, Swedish limpa bread. Uh, my wife had a old recipe for that, and I've done some uh, rye breads. Uh, I think I, I did one off of uh, the perfect loaf. He had a recipe on there that was it was like a fifty percent rye and uh, right. done with yeast and uh, and I made that one with the molasses and I, that was delicious. I really enjoyed the molasses. Uh, I did your caraway rye. It was a high. Gosh, I can't remember. It had like uh, twenty grams of caraway in it. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty caraway. outrageous. I, yeah, I really enjoy the intense flavors. So you know, it's just the, the perfect caraway, for me. Was that the caraway beer, the caraway beer rye. No, it wasn't the book. beer. Uh, um, let oh, me okay. look and look in my notes here. Uh, okay, there was Auvergne rye wheat, and then I, the caraway. It was fifty uh, percent rye. See, I don't have what page. Ah, I okay. think it. I think it was. Matter. It's in the beginning. It's in like the American section of the book, and I think uh-huh. it's just called Caraway Rye. And uh, uh, okay, yeah, I like that one a lot. Uh, I, I yeah, and I do mill all my own grains. So a lot of times, if it calls for wheat, and you know, I have Corson, I have Icorn, I have Turkey Red. Uh, right from the farmer here, BKW uh, sure. Farms grows uh, fabulous grain right down uh, just south of us by Tucson, Arizona. That's terrific. Yeah, what kind of what kind of mill do you have? 
Uh, we use a Wonder Mill. Ah, okay. We also have a Como, but yeah, I've got I've got two. I'm not real serious at it. One is uh, I just kind of use them to you know to to, to fill in. Um, one is a KitchenAid, and the other one is a mock mill, and uh, they're both mm-hmm. pretty interesting. So, Como yeah, the, the Wonder Mill is really an excellent mill. It it mills almost everything beautifully, and uh, we've been really pleased with it. Oh, good. We've had it for uh, eleven years now, and wow. uh, we use it all the time. <laughs> wow! It's, so it's you a workhorse. You're just way ahead of the curve on uh, on home milling. Because so that's something yeah, that's just well, taken off I, the last few years. Yeah. Yeah. So now one of the things I've really wanted to try, and I have I have to get on your site and put in an order for this, but I'd like to try some of the uh, uh, red, what's it? Red malted rye yeah. recipes. Yeah. Because that that sounded like something that would add a very unique character, a lot of interest to the rye. Oh, it's really interesting stuff. Very interesting stuff. Um, because it's so rich in sugars, and it's also got this. It, it's very very sweet, and it's got just this amazing kind of. Uh, musky sweetness to it. Um, it is most typically used, I've, I've seen it used primarily in, um, in Russian and Baltic breads, and it's used mainly in scalds. So it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's a very, very interesting ingredient. I've seen a couple, I've come across a couple of German breads that use it, um, but for the most part, it's the, it's the Russian and the, um, and the Baltic, the Latvian, Lithuanian breads that, uh, uh, that use the red rye malt. So, Interesting stuff. Yeah. It's very interesting. To Is work. that something, have you ever uh, tried making your own malted rye? No, not really. I mean, it's just, you know, basically all it is is sprouting the rye. Um, and then, and then you know, once the, the first little thread-like root has appeared, um, just, you know, roasting it off uh, to mm-hmm. dry it out and to, and to stop the process. But no, I haven't, I haven't done it. To me, there's, there's not a whole lot of mystery to it. I just as soon have somebody else do the work, and uh, especially people who are professionals uh, at making at, malts. Yeah, and I'm sure, yes. <laughs> that makes perfect sense. Yeah. So one of these days I'll get on there and I'll, I'll uh, uh, put an order and get some some of these things that I, I you can't get locally and right, uh, right. specialty items. Well, so, yeah, unfortunately, most of... Um, most of most rye flowers are are not easy to come by, um, so I suppose if you're yeah, I've noticed rye, that I you know I've looked around here a little bit and there's just there's nothing in the stores you know there's you sure. know Bob's Red Mill might have something but you don't know what even what it is it's just the whole ground rye and I said well I can do exactly. that <laughs> exactly yeah so that's exactly. something I'll also do you know when I uh, put in my orders I'll order. Uh, a couple of the different rye flowers from you, so mm-hmm. I can uh, okay. experiment with uh, re- refined product. Good, good. So, um, so what else? I mean, the other thing I did too is place? I um, I built my own rice culture, following your instructions in the mm-hmm. book, which are excellent, good. by the way, very easy to follow, and uh, I had. 
had fantastic success with it. I mean, it was in two days. It was just going like crazy. But I went ahead and I followed the whole routine for you know the whole week, and uh, it's it's excellent. I'm just very pleased with it. So thank you for uh, right. putting that out there. Sure. Because look, I mean, generally it takes it takes that much time for the um, uh, you know you can certainly get the culture going. Uh, after a couple of days, but it takes it takes a while to uh, to get the undesirable microorganisms out and uh, and just to to make sure that the that the population is is um, and this is going to sound terrible, but to make sure that the population is uh, is pure. Yeah, well, <laughs> so, yeah, well, it's, it's, you know, it's going to have the right the right balance of uh, of. Uh, the biome or whatever exactly. <laughs> the microbiome has to be in balance exactly so, exactly yeah yeah i've used it for my last couple of bakes and was uh, impressed with how well it worked oh terrific well you know it helps also that you're using the uh that you're using the whole grains because that i mean those essentially starting the culture um really uses the same chemistry as germination um and uh, you know the, those substances are, are typically already present in the kernel. Certainly, the um, uh, the wild yeasts are, and uh, and the lactic acid bacteria, and then the uh, the chemical processes of breaking down the uh, the starches into sugars. The uh, the enzyme action is also something that's uh, that's inherent in the in the germination process. So okay. Uh, so it's 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 interesting stuff. How long have you been baking bread generally? Well, really, just I started about uh, two years ago, mm-hmm. uh, and as and I've been trying to do a bake every every week for about the last two years just to uh, gain some experience. I just love it. It's great. I'm you know, and now I'm retired. I have a little more time to yep. work on it. Yep. And uh, I got my start at a class we took at Hayden Flour Mill here in uh, the Phoenix area and they taught an artisan bread class and he's got a right. he has a stone mill and uh, oh, nice. and was he brought kind of brought back and popularized the white sonora wheat and yep. uh, I love that. now that's a big big crop around here in Arizona now yeah. And um, so he he gave a class on how to do it, and uh, so nice. I just started learning, and uh, then took a class with uh, Don Guerrero at Barrio, Barrio Bread. He taught a uh-huh. class down at the university in Tucson, oh, and nice. uh, now he's teaching at his bakery down there. Uh, he's giving a couple of classes, and I mean he's just a phenomenal baker of you know, sourdough, Levon breads. And uh, mm-hmm. so that was really fun to connect up with him. And uh, so I'm just uh, in experimenting and having fun. <laughs> Interesting. So, and, and what uh, had you been doing with the mill before you started baking? Well, you know, we probably it sat in storage for quite a while. Uh, we would use okay. it occasionally, like to, we'd mill cornmeal or... You know, right. something like that that we needed. And, and then, uh, oh, yeah, I guess uh, my wife Janet just 
poked in and she said, yeah, I made wheat. We used to have a bread machine and we made wheat, we made bread in the bread machine. Uh-huh. We did that for a number of years. And, uh, but there's no comparison with what you do by hand no. in the <laughs> artisan Absolutely process. Absolutely not. Absolutely. Now, yeah. I was going to say something to that effect, but you beat me to it. I think uh, yeah. baking, baking by hand is much, is much more interesting and much more rewarding. So. It is. It really is. I mean, it's, it's a hands-on process, and, and it's different every time. That's what's so part of the fascination. Is it's just have to, you learn how to read the dough, and yeah, you, have to, you have to go where it leads you, and uh, that's the journey. That's exactly right. I mean, that's yeah. where, that's where uh, art and science meet. And, uh, yeah. You know, the science can only take you so far, but then after that, it's uh, it's awareness of the uh, of the dough. It's, uh, yeah, and it's all about really, it's all about paying attention, which is what what makes writing books about baking so difficult. Because um, you know, you can only you can only offer hints as to as to what these things look like, um, but it's really it's really much more about building a sensitivity to to the to the dough and to the ingredients generally. Mm-hmm. Right, and that's I think the only way to do that is through practice. Absolutely, so, I have a it, well, I have a mantra, um, which is that the uh, that the price of success is repeated failure. Good point. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I've, and, I've definitely had some uh, flat bread. <laughs> yes, exactly. I also I also have heard. I also heard somebody I saw it recently. Um, I had seen it before, but then I saw it again recently. Um, that people don't learn from successes; they learn from failures. Mm-hmm. Which I think is kind well. Of I think that I think that's true. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. It, it's okay. definitely part of the process. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. So now, oh, I, you know what I wanted to I wanted to ask you about Pullman pans because yeah. it, it looks like that would be a, a useful item to have for some of your recipes and oh, uh, what I, would you I bake I bake almost exclusively in Pullman pans when mm-hmm. I when I bake pan breads Now where where would you suggest as a good good source to look for those I think I have. I think that I bought mine either on Amazon or at the restaurant store. Uh, most restaurant supply mm-hmm. stores will, will carry those. And if not, okay. I've thought about carrying them in you know in my business, but I decided not to. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, you know, and I use. Um, they're generally available in 16 inch, 13 inch, um, mm-hmm. and. Um, I prefer I prefer the nine inch. If you can find the nine inch pans, because um, mm-hmm. quite frankly, a thirteen or a sixteen inch loaf is simply way too big. Yeah. So, um, and a nine okay. inch is approximately will, will handle approximately the same volume of dough as uh, as a large standard loaf pan, a nine by five loaf pan. Okay. Now I also have a question because I'm using um, fresh ground whole rye for yes. a lot of my, for all my baking at the moment. Um, yes. 
if I sift that, like if I run it through, say, a 40, 40 right. mesh sieve or something like that, right. will that help it approximate like a medium rye, or is it really a whole different process and it really comes out as it's really different? No, not really. I think I think bolting the rye would, uh, you know, certainly certainly is, is, would make sense. Um, what I would, in fact, somebody somebody asked me not too long ago. Um, somebody asked me specifically about that, and um, the advice that I gave them was that uh, in order to you know to approximate the various uh, the various rise, the medium and the and the white and so forth, um, is to mm-hmm. go by extraction rates. Um, simply, which would simply be. Um, Weighing the fraction that goes through the sieve, and then determining what your what your extraction is. And, and good rules of thumb are that white rye is about 55% extraction, and medium rye is about 80 to 85% extraction. Um, and so, if you uh, you know you can put it through, um, pass it through once, um, uh, bolt it out through that 40 through that 40 mesh, and then grind the remainder. Um, and until you get the the extraction rate that you want, so that's 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 the information that I would or the advice that I would give. If you're interested okay, in doing I that. can. Yeah, that's interesting. I hadn't thought of running it through the grinder again, but I could certainly do that. Yeah, which is okay. one thing that I do. Um, a lot of times when I'm when I'm grinding, I generally use my grinders to grind malt. Um, and often, whether it's uh, whether it's uh, malted rye or malted barley, and often what I find is that even at the at the finest setting, um, I get some fairly sizable chunks. Not to you know, in addition to the bran, and so I just put it through the the grinder again, um, and uh, you know it it uh, it'll take out it'll take out some more. So it's it's it works pretty well. Okay, yeah, because when I when I ran it through. I would guess I was probably around 85% because I think about run it through one time and then I sifted it and I weighed, you know, what I had and it had taken about 15% of the weight was the brand that I remove in the one sift. So so that would put me about in the medium rye class. Yeah, so you're getting about a medium rye at that point. Now, I assume like if I'm doing the – but pumpernickels, where it asks for a, rather than a flower, it's a more yeah. granular. That's that's really a different process. Well, no, I mean because you can but, put it through the mill. Depending, I'm I'm not familiar with the mills that you have, but I would assume that you can uh, that you can adjust it. It's adjustable. The grinding faces. So um, mm-hmm. so depending on what you wanted to do, uh, you know, for instance, a coarse rye meal is. Uh, uh, where the kernels are, are, I wouldn't say, you know, barely cracked, where they'll, where they'll come apart into two or three pieces. Um, okay. The, the medium rye is, is somewhat finer than that, and the fine rye is probably two or three clicks backed off the finest grind so that you still mm-hmm. have uh, you still have chunks of bran. Um, okay. You know, more sizable pieces in the, uh, in, in, in the output. In the product. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's so, good yeah, to know. You know, this, 
Yeah, this whole issue of this whole issue of rye flour is really very interesting because people um, there's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of there, there are no firm standards in this country for uh, for rye flour, and so a lot mm-hmm. of people are just really when it comes to finding the rye flour, really at sea over over the you know knowing yeah. knowing what to look for or how to measure their their product and so forth and so um, yeah. Well, I've been you know I've really I really like using the fresh ground product, and I know it's very different than what most of these recipes are written to use, so you kind of have to be sensitive to that and try to figure out what works and what, what's, how's the recipe supposed to come out, <laughs> what am I looking mm-hmm. for. But, right. but uh, these hints you're giving me here are, are helpful so I can Good. do some experimentation. Good. Now, I had a question. How long... Um Generally speaking, I had read somewhere that uh, uh, this is from a rye miller, in fact, that uh, that it's recommended not to mill rye that is um, less than six months post-harvest. So I don't know um, whether you did that or, or whether you, you know, what your what your grains are or what your yeah, Well, unfortunately, are. I don't really know what my grains are, and that was, you know, that's an issue because I. I found in the area here the best grain comes from Whole Foods, and it's an organic rye, but it, it's a right. commodity. I don't know when it was right. harvested. I don't know, you know, where it was grown or anything because they just get it in in big bags as a commodity, right. and they don't have any information on it. Right. So, right. yeah, I, I, I would like to have a better source, but I don't <laughs> yeah. at this yeah. time. Well, you know, the Southwest is not is not ideal rye growing country. Um, most of the no. best rye comes from comes from up north, high plains from, you know, cold mountainous, acidic soil regions, or from or from, uh, coastal plains. Uh, yeah. So it's um, you know it's a, we live we live in a much more, um, wheat friendly, part of the world, and so a lot of what we have yes. to do is. Uh, is simply depend on the uh, the kindness of strangers, <laughs> if you will, for our yeah. uh, for our rye. Yeah. But uh, so yeah, I mean, all I can do is I can look at it and I can say this looks really clean. It looks like they did a, a nice job with it. Yep. The kernels are even and they're not busted up, you know, and doesn't look like there's mm-hmm. much many duds in it. And that's about all I can do at this point. So, but yeah, I, you know, I I know that. I have looked around a little and seen some rice for sale, you know, grain for sale out of, you know, the Northwest, but right. gosh, <laughs> I hate paying the yeah. shipping for it, but, you know, at the same right. time, well, what the heck, I guess you just have well, to bite yeah. the bullet on these things. Well, you know, so. again, but if you think about what it would cost you for a decent loaf of rye bread, it you know, puts everything into perspective. Um, oh, sure. Well, you're right. Since uh, so, we go down to Barrio Bread and he sells his Levans, or he has a European rye and, and you know like uh, probably a one one kilo loaf or something, and it's you know nine dollars something like that. Oh yeah, so, yeah, sure. And then that's uh, look at a quality quality costs. Um, yeah, and the bakers and the bakers entitled to make a living. 
Absolutely. <laughs> I don't I, I think that's perfect, you know. I, I don't have a problem with that at all, you know. So I, I think that's quite fair. So Yes, agreed. So anyway, well, we would love for you to come teach some classes around here, but <laughs> well, I may. I don't think there's, there's not a big Rye community that I know of. So, okay. So not uh, and, uh, so not. Well, you know, it depends. I mean, I would uh, um, often what I have what I've done in the past, um, and my generally my model is to is to contact other bakers in various areas who who already do classes and uh, and simply tag along and do a class in, in their bakeries. I've done that uh, in Boston and New York. I've got one coming up in L.A. Um, yeah. next month. Uh, I've done it up in Portland. Um, so, sure. I mean, you know. Well, you might not? want to contact uh, Don Guerrero at uh, Barrio Bread. At Barrio? Nope. I may do that. Yeah. Is he a member of the, uh, of the Bread Bakers Guild? I'm certain he is, yes. He's actually, he's done... Uh, he does a lot of outreach, and he's he is connected with the USDA and he, USDA here, and he actually oh, nice. got a grant. He got a grant to help him set up his bakery. He's been operating out of his garage for about nine years, selling about 900 loaves a week, and uh, so he's got an official, formal storefront bakery in Tucson now, and. Uh, he started teaching a few classes, um, he, but he's connected with USDA DA, and the university and with the local grain farmers because he's trying to work, you know, sort of to develop the whole grain culture. Right. And uh, he's very, very uh, into that. So he'd be nice. a, a good well, connection. Well, well, he, he may be interested in doing something like that. I have no idea. You have to sure, just well, talk I'll, to I'll him. Reach out, I'll reach out to him and, you know, see if there's, uh, see if there's any interest. Hell, yeah. it's only about I'm, – I'm in San Diego. It's only about an eight-hour drive to Tempe or to, to Tucson. So yeah, it's, about not, a one hour too, it's not terrible. Yeah. No. And yeah. actually, it takes, it, takes a, it takes less time because there are no direct flights between San Diego and Tucson. So, um, really, so, so you have to come into Phoenix and then go down to Tucson. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, Interesting. so it takes about as much time between getting on airplanes and getting off airplanes. and It does. And yeah. So. yeah, I've done that. I've right, well. flown to over to Las Vegas and had that experience. <laughs> yeah, so. exactly. Okay, well, all right. Okay. I don't really have any more questions, so. Okay. Well, thank you for calling, and, you know, feel free to, to dial in whenever we have a call. And if you have questions in the meantime, you know, don't, don't hesitate to email or um, otherwise get in touch. Sounds great. Okay. Well, thank you so, for calling. Well, thank you very much for uh, having us call in, and uh, I hope to My talk pleasure. to you again in the near future. Okay. okay. Take care. Thank you. Yep. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm. Bye. Is everybody good to listen? Or did you see the clock go muted again? Is everybody welcome to listen? I'm trying to...